This is Hitting the Mark, conversations with founders and investors about the intersection of brand clarity and startup success, with your host, brand strategist and author, Fabian Garhalter. You just have to make your brand contagious. The branding has to be, you have to love it. Um, it has to move you. It has to make you feel really proud about what you're doing. And if it's not doing them, that, then I don't think it's hitting the mark. It should be a reflection of your pride in your endeavor. This was Kate Torgerson, who I just had a delightful and inspiring conversation with. Kate is in the niche business, and it doesn't get more niche than that, of facilitating the overnight shipping of breast milk for business traveling moms, or mom badassery, as she calls it. Her brand Milk Stork is direct, it's bold, and it is loved by moms, companies, and the press alike, and has been named one of the most innovative companies of 2019 by Fast Company. Today, you will find out why. But before we dive in, I want to thank my new creative brand Mentorship Circle members, Andreas Ropper from Munich, Germany, and Diana Espinosa from my home country of Austria. Thank you both for supporting the podcast, and I am looking forward to mentoring you on our next group call. If you too want to join my creative mentorship or my entrepreneur mentorship group, or you simply want to help sustain this show, please do go to patreon.com slash hitting the mark. And now, here's my conversation with Kate Torgerson. Welcome to the show, Kate. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Oh, absolutely. It's so great to have you. The way I actually got to know you and, and Milk Stork, and we talked about this uh, a little bit prior to, to hitting record, was at an NPR event where I was actually um, a mentor. And in between my sessions, I saw you on stage interviewing the unbelievably charming founders of Cliff Bar. And I was so taken by that heartfelt and insightful conversation since you were a Cliff Bar employee and then you split off with your own venture and they were very supportive of that journey, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I actually started Milk Stork on a Cliff Bar business trip. Um, oh, that makes so I much sense. Yeah, so I uh, worked at Cliff Bar since um, 1998, and um, I, after having my twins, I was my twins are my second and third babies. <laughs> I also have other <laughs> babies, so I have three kids all together. And I and Milk Stork, um, uh, yeah, and Milk Stork, my that my fourth baby. <laughs> um, but I had to go on a business trip, and um, with the twins, I. I was really committed to breastfeeding. I had breastfed my first child for 18 months. Um, and I wanted to give the twins everything that my, my first kid had. So, um, but with breastfeeding twins, it's really hard. I mean, it's tandem nursing. We had a bunch of issues with um, getting the twin, one of the twins to latch and weight gain issues. So by the time this business trip came up, um, it really felt like the stakes were high because the twins had never had formula at that point, they were exclusively on breast milk. And I just didn't know how I was going to 
um, do the business trip and kind of deal with this breastfeeding situation. So um, yeah, it was started on a, on a Cliff Bar business trip. I obviously Cliff Bar, um, Gary and Kit, the the owners of Cliff Bar, and that that culture is so accepting of parenthood and supportive of parenthood. And I could have easily said that I wasn't going to take the trip or I would rather not take the trip. But for me, it was important to take the trip and um, not miss out on opportunities um, that I cared about professionally. So um, I went on that trip. I lugged two gallons of breast milk home. Oh my um, God. Pumped throughout the trip. And I came back from that trip and I was like, I've got to figure out a way to fix this. And that, that really was a page out of Gary's Gary Erickson, the founder of Cliff Bar, a page out of his book is literally probably a page out of his book that (laughs) if you have an idea, you just need to chase it down relentlessly and not let go of it, not leave it in the dust. And they were super supportive uh, when you said, look, I have to do this. Yeah. Yeah. So I continued, you know, for, for many, many years, <laughs> a couple years, I would say, um, I was working full time at Cliff Bar. My kids were three years old and under for a good part of that, five years and then five years old and under. And um, I was working at on Milk Stork at night after they went to bed. And may that be a good lesson for all the listeners who say, ah, oh, I've got a day job. I can't start a startup. It's so difficult. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Add, 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 if, add a pair of twins to that. <laughs> yeah, three, I have to say, I mean, there was a couple years where there was really no sleep. I was going to bed at probably, you know, the kid, if I was lucky, the kids would go to bed at eight if they actually stayed in their beds. And then I would work, um, you know, till one or two. But it's funny, you know, looking back, I... I was so fueled by the idea and solving the idea that, um, and so, so absent of sleep already in my life, (laughs) um, (laughs) thanks to the kids, um, that I don't remember that push on the sleepless nights. Um, but you know, it's definitely not something that you can do forever, but in the beginning, I I think you have that kind of gas and that gas in your tank that, that's just propelling you to do it. And that part was really exciting. And I mean, it seems to me like it's a natural, it's it's somehow a natural gift from above that when you're a mom or any parent, right, you can survive these first sleepless, you know, years. Yeah. <laughs> it's just something yeah. that like suddenly you're on the, you know, on that, like you said, you've got that that extra gas and you used, yeah, it, you used that gas tank fully for everything. <laughs> including yeah, I, mean, I didn't have a lot of, I didn't have any free time. <laughs> yeah. And, um, it, it I, I was I was so like captured by inspiration, um, and so I already had the endurance and grit that <laughs> that came with motherhood. So um, it was kind of the opportune time. I don't know if I if I would have had you know that same kind of uh, depth of grit <laughs> if right. it had the idea had come a few years later, or or certainly not earlier. And so it it so so for those for those of us um, who who are not as familiar with the entire breastfeeding process and what goes into it and why it is actually so important to feed babies breast milk versus, you know, those hundreds of formulas that are out there or wherever, right? Um, and and the, the idea of how difficult it is actually to to travel with breast milk. Can you, yeah. can you kind of like give us an idea of how this is a real, a real important niche that, that you're filling? Yeah, so I think you know the the pain point of breastfeeding is that it's relentless. Um, moms who are breastfeeding are uh, breastfeeding or pumping every three hours. Um, many of them are trying to make it to one year of um, having their kids on breast milk, and that's in the U.S. That's the American Academy of Pediatrics recommendation is um, 
six months of exclusive breastfeeding and 12 months um, with you know, breast milk as their primary source of nutrition, in addition to the introduction of solids. But what's interesting and amazing about breastfeeding, um, and the reason you have to do it every three hours, is that it's a supply and demand relationship. Mm. So the baby um, sets, the, sets the supply for the mom. And if you miss a nursing session or you miss a pumping session, the woman's body responds to that dip in demand by producing less milk. And once you um, kind of disrupt that and your milk supply can start going down and it's very hard to get it back. For me, breastfeeding was important, um, not just for the nutritional element, but for the attachment of it. And I didn't want to lose that connection with my kids. Um, And I think, you know, moms breastfeed for a lot of different reasons. Some moms are doing it for nutrition. Some moms are doing it for attachment. But I think ultimately the thing that was, that's been important to me in, in starting Milk Stork is that it should be up to the mom and the decision to breastfeed or not breastfeed shouldn't have anything to do with her career. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it should be uh, exclusively a relationship with her and her baby and, um, you know, weaning. I, I just, it breaks my heart when women are weaning before they're ready Um or before they kind of want to end that relationship. Yeah. I just, it should be on their terms. And, and now as part of uh, Milk Stork, you also turned into an advocate for breastfeeding friendly policies overall, right? At, at, at the workplace. Yeah, I think what's, you know, with breastfeeding, it's something that's invisible to the kind of the larger community, especially in the workplace. You're usually do, you're doing it every three hours. You're stepping away to do it. You're stepping sometimes into a bathroom. If you're lucky, you're stepping into... Um, a, a conference room or a lactation room that has a totally. lock and yeah. is set up for you. Um, but it's outside kind of the gaze of the workplace culture. And for a lot of women, that kind of that invisibility of it um, makes it hard to advocate for because, um, you know, you kind of have, you have to explain this, uh, this relationship. There's a lot of education that goes into explaining why you need a private room, what you're going to be doing. Um, But, you know, I think at the same time, 50% of the workforce is female. Actually, I just saw an article that um, women are now, it's like tipping over 50% women in the workforce. Wow. So, and most women, most moms are working moms. So this is a real pain point for a large and part of the, the large part of the employee population. Absolutely. And for those of you who um, who listen to me a lot, they actually know that I'm a big proponent of niche brands that wholeheartedly connect with an overlooked segment. And I'm also obsessed with startups that create their own category, and there are very few of those. But UK, they're actually both. I mean, you launched a company that specializes in the facilitation of overnight shipping of breast milk for business traveling moms. I mean, that is just <laughs> about. <laughs> I mean, it's just about as niche as it gets, right? Um, yeah. And and I absolutely, I, I I love that. And I mean, you had the epiphany out of a need, um, and um, and I, I heard you talk about this on on on, a, on another show. Um, you basically, when when the when the airplane touched down, you said, you know what, I'm never gonna do that again, and things need to change. Um, and and you literally got to work right after. But but what is even more interesting to me is that. 
when you um, officially, and I don't know what that word really means when you launch a company because <laughs> there's there so many phases, but when you actually decided to, to, to push, right, and, and have the company be publicly out there and you start emailing and you start putting it out there, um, at, at, at that time, it didn't take very long for it to actually catch on, right? I mean, it, it was pretty instant that people said, oh, I needed this, or employ even employers saying, you know what, I, I want this to become a yeah. benefit. It was instant. It was, um, we, I, we launched in August of 2015. Uh, my co-founder is actually my father. Um, and we, you know, essentially kind of flipped the switch on the website. We, we had spent a good nine or 10 months building out the kind of e-commerce platform and all the logistics of how this would work. So we flipped the switch on the website and we kind of just sat there and then an order came in. and we're just like oh my god now we have to fulfill these orders (laughs) now what (laughs) now what how how are we gonna do this um but tell me this is this is this is fascinating so so um you didn't do any push besides literally launching the site or or did you did you already i did a press release Okay. That was it. We did. So we, we launched the site and I, I, um, my background was in, um, PR and communications and we put out a press release. I, and I had, I did send that, that release out to, um, and I did my own media relations and sent it out to a bunch of reporters. We did get an article, um, with, I think it was within two weeks with Mm. fortune magazine. Wow. (laughs) And, um, so that got. Then you know <laughs> you're off to a good start. Then within, uh, with also within two weeks after that article went um, up, we got a call from one of the largest consulting firms in the world saying that they wanted to bring us on as an employee benefit for their North American employees. Unbelievable. And I took that call in my minivan in my in the <laughs> childcare parking lot at Cliff Bar. And I just said, okay, yeah, we'll figure it out. And they wanted to launch in 30 days. And we did not have an enterprise uh, kind of setup. <laughs> we, I really thought it was going to be hard to explain breast milk shipping to companies and employers and advocate for that. Um, so I knew that going direct to moms was the first, was the first place that we were going to go. And we were like, okay, we'll figure out enterprise later. Um, but that happened uh, way faster than we ever, ever ex- expected. And by the end of that year, we had five enterprise clients, and that included um, two of the largest pharmaceutical companies in the world. Yeah, and I mean, just to visualize that idea of, oh, good, you've got three, four clients that are enterprises instead of uh, moms. Like, I mean, the, the amount of orders that you get because of that is just mind blowing, right? I mean, this is this is just, I mean, yeah. you're, you're going directly to the source. Um, you don't have to advocate, you don't have to get one mom at a time. And I mean, you know, to be honest, it's not cheap either, right? I mean, shipping, shipping no. uh, breast milk is not cheap. I, I guess it's like somewhere 170 or something like that. I don't know, I heard that number, but it's, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's not inexpensive. So for moms to say, oh, yeah, that's not a problem. I'm, I'm going to spend, you know, um, you know, I don't know, 200, 400, depending on how long the trip is, um, you know, dollars on, on, on my baby's health. That is, that is a really, really big expense. But for, for employers, it is 
kind of a no-brainer because what yeah. happens in the background is, you know, th those are individuals that have been with the company, you know, some of them for, for a pretty long time, very loyal. Um, and, then, and then suddenly this life event happens, a very positive life event that weirdly enough, when it comes to work, is actually not so much of a positive life event, right? And so you're struggling with that and then you want to be loyal, but the more that companies can give, um, you know, moms, you know, new moms, um, a, a reason to, to stick with the company and and to be to be loyal i mean it's a huge benefit those 170 bucks or whatever it is it's not, it's not you know that's that, that's nothing yeah it's what happened uh, almost immediately which you know i i don't think i could have ever I, it didn't occur to me that this was going to happen what but i'm so glad that it did and i think it's um i i guess i had underestimated i underestimated uh employers in the beginning and their desire to support working women. But what ended up happening, um, which is amazing, is that women started using Milk Stork uh, and then rightfully asking their employers to reimburse them and having and feeling empowered to do that. Um, and I think part of, there's a couple of things that were happening. One, it was, it's an, a millennial workforce that was asking for it. And these are women and parents who are incredibly informed, probably the most informed generation of parents to walk the face of the earth. Um, right, right, because of uh, because, because of all the resources that they have at their fingertips today. Yeah. Um, so, and they have very high expectations for work-life balance. It's also it was on the it, you know Me Too was happening, and so women were were speaking up about the realities of the workplace for them. Mm -hmm. um, and there there was a there was just a strong collective voice of women. And I think the other incredible thing was that women were women who needed milk stork were going to HR, uh, which has a very high, as a profession, very high population of women. Yep. Um, going to somebody in HR who had experienced this pain point themselves, most likely, um, or knew the challenges of returning to work and breastfeeding, and that HR person then became a firebrand within their company to help totally. onboard the benefit. Because that's so, all they look for. That's all they look for is more, more benefits that are that are crystal clear for for um, for people to understand why it would make sense to 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 have them, you know, for leadership. And it it makes so much sense. Um, and and I love I love that now on your website um, you are actually um, having these having these um, you know letters like like at conferences when you when you're an employee and you want to go to a conference and there's like letters on the conference website of like hey this is this is why I need to go <laughs> this is why you need to yeah. sponsor it um, you have actual letters for for HR um, which you know it, it, it is a little bit different than when you go to a conference because when the whole idea of breastfeeding at a workplace is actually it's very uncomfortable. Um, it's, a, it's a strange situation for someone to be in. Um, and then to ask for a reimbursement around it in that entire, it, it can be awkward for, for, yeah. for people to have to go to, I mean, in smaller companies to, to their boss and just explain everything, right? Like how, yeah. you know, especially if it, yeah. To go to someone who's never lactated themselves. Right, like, <laughs> like, like any, any, yeah. any male, you know, male um, yeah. CEO. <laughs> yeah. Or e even, even women who have not experienced breastfeeding. I, it, breastfeeding is so weird because you don't really know what goes into it until you've done it. <laughs> or right, you've seen right. a spouse or partner do it. And, and uh, I say right, not as in, you know, uh, affirmative, but I don't know. <laughs> <So> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm on that side, right? Um, 
but but I am an employer, and I, I did you know I did have um, you know those instances, um, and it is it is extremely you know strange to to work around it and trying to find solutions that feel like they're they're comfortable for everyone, right? It's it's not it's yeah. not easy, especially when you're like a two, three, four, five people shop, right? It's it's not like you can create an entire infrastructure around it. Um, Let's talk a little bit more about um, the Milk Stork uh, brand. Um, like, like actually, many of the successful uh, brand founders that I have on hitting the mark. Um, you mentioned you come from a marketing background too. Um, I think at Cliff Bar, the last position that you held was um, that of an executive communications and speechwriter. So, I am wondering how much of Milk Stork's tone of voice and copy actually comes from you or, or did you have um, an agency or writer who's in, who's in charge of the brand voice at this point? Um, when one of the first things, it was funny when you were earlier, we were talking about, you know, what is starting a company even mean? Like, <laughs> what is that? What does that process look like? Right. One of the first things that I did uh, was come up with the name. <laughs> um, because I think for me too, once you have that idea, putting a name, makes you accountable to it. So it made it real and it made the idea not disappear into dust. Um, It made it concrete. So coming up with a name that continued to inspire me as I was going to build the company was critical. So it was literally the first thing that we did. Um, When I uh, said, you know, when my dad and I got going, I was, I kept, you know, texting him. I'm like, what do you think of this name? What do you think of this name? And then just, I think it was maybe two days after I had even had the idea, I came up with Milk Stork. Um, and then... Which, by the I way, mean, is brilliant, not to interrupt you, but it's, it's, uh, a, <laughs> it's, it's a brilliant name. It was important for it to be visual to me. Um, I'm, I'm a very visual person and I, uh, I wanted it to be kind of visual, but I also wanted it to be so that it, we, I knew that it, this category didn't exist. And so it, it had to kind of explain also what the service was. Um, and then this, then we immediately got to work on like the branding and we did hire, um, at that, I mean, we didn't have a ton of money. We were, you know, I think we each put in like 25, no, we each put in $12,000 in the beginning, hmm. something like that. <laughs> and then probably 3000 of that went to hire somebody to help us come up with, um, the branding, like the logo, yeah. um, the logo type, um, all of that. So and, it was, tone and tone of voice and all of that was that was that still you writing at the beginning and you know yeah. it, it think okay okay. It, I mean it is it is it was a direct extension of me, and I, I I I a lot of that came from my experience at Cliff Bar. I mean Cliff Bar is a direct um, uh, it's a direct link to Gary and Kit. And their values, and and I, that's a company where you know where your brand is really about your integrity, and so that's kind of the lens that I was coming at Milk Stork with. Absolutely, and I I would love for for anyone to actually um, look a little bit deeper into the Cliff Bar brand because most people don't, right? Most people have a Cliff Bar; they don't look too deep yeah. into the brand. But it is it is really really fascinating. Um, and you know, just to touch on something that you said before, because it happens so rarely, but I really I I, I think it is so important when you said um, that you came up with the name first, um, and it was the driver because it made it real and it made it feel like okay, now that I have that, I'm 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 almost there. You know, it's like. You know, it's yeah. kind of like this this naive idea of, of your brain where it's like, oh, my God, it's now it's real. It can be real. I can see it in front of me. Um, 
and, and, and to, to create something that's very descriptive, a very descriptive name, um, usually for a lot, of, uh, a lot of founders, startup founders that are listening, that are in the very, very early stages of their startup, um, it is a dangerous route unless you're in Kate's position because you knew exactly your offering. You, you knew you wouldn't expand like this is it, right? It is about shipping breast milk. That's it, right? There's nothing more, nothing less. Um, I work with a lot of founders that, that say, yeah, you know, we're, we're in the business of X, but then really two months later, they're in the business of Y, right? But they already created a name and they, they mm-hmm. fall in love with the name. Um, but, mm-hmm. then, but then, you know, like after a year, they have to change it because it is too descriptive. Um, but you're one of those instances where it's... It actually, it actually works so well, and it, and it, and it can fuel the entire the entire journey. Um, and Milk Stork is a, a very direct, a very bold brand, which, which is quite apparent as as you agree it by a large image of a, a very hip model slash mom breastfeeding um, on MilkStork.com. <laughs> so so I, I invite all listeners to check it out on MilkStork.com. Um, since it is really making a very clear brand statement by solely using a photo um, and the header for moms on a mission. So <clears throat> in that particular um very prominent image. There is more attitude and self-confidence than there is joy or relief. And I, I feel this did not happen by accident since there is a certain, <laughs> there, there's a certain attitude that breastfeeding moms need in order to ask the employer for reimbursement or, or to stand their ground publicly, right? And in my, in my humble opinion, it perfectly caters to, um, to, to driven career-oriented moms. So, so how did, how did that art direction of that photo shoot and, and the, the, this overall brand that we have today, not the brand that it was a couple of years ago, but, but today, how did that shape up and how did it change over the years? Yeah. So when we first launched, um, you know, we actually went through a re we've got, have since gone through a rebrand. The, when we first launched, we, um, I wanted it to be, um, something that moms could be proud of. I wanted Milk Stork to be um, something that they, something that wasn't, you know, with especially with a, a lot of branding in the mom space, you get a lot of um, cursive, you get a lot of <laughs> um, pastels, and we did have kind of a pastel-y color in the beginning. Um, but as the brand kind of evolved, we saw that moms were posting on social media and using the Milk Stork box as a badge of honor. Hmm. Like, uh, you know, went to a conference, like they, they were so proud to have um, been able to keep breastfeeding that that was a really clear signal to us that Milk Stork, we, we needed to be, have it be the badge of honor um, that, that moms deserve. And so that's played a big role in the, in the branding. I think the other big role that's, that we've, um, the other big direction with branding is that I want to show real images of moms. Mm-hmm. Um, moms are not this kind of cookie cutter cardigan <laughs> um, <laughs> image that we've seen for so long. We want to show diverse representations of motherhood, of families, of breastfeeding. Um, and it, it, for us, it's all about real moms. So all of our models are real moms. Um, that woman really is breastfeeding her child. Um, Mm. and we don't want moms to have to apologize for breastfeeding. They are, moms are badass and they should be treated as such. 
Totally, and it's very it's a very empowering brand. Um, I you know I think I think overall, and that comes through. And I did not want my statement to be be misleading about the model slash mom um, on the homepage because as you go deeper into the brand, it gets extremely diverse, and um, and I love that. Um, very photorealistic and life realistic and zeitgeist, um, you know, uh, on par with today's zeitgeist, you know, f- photography, because I think it is it is really leading your brand um, I- in a certain way. But now that you went. So, so first of all, you know, you, you, you work you work with Cliff Bar. You, you, you must have gained a lot of amazing brand insights while while working there. Um, and now having started um, very successfully um Milk Stork um, over, over the last couple of years and seen it grow and going through that rebranding effort. What does branding mean to you today? I, I even today, branding is uh, it, it's a reflection of my promise, <laughs> my, like my promise, my accountability to our moms and our clients. Um, I think it's a reflection of our commitment and integrity. Um, and I also think we are not the only ones that own the Milk Stork brand. <laughs> mm-hmm. Our moms and our companies own it. You know, they, they, um, br- branding is fueled by love and connection. And it's when moms are posting boxes, their boxes of Milk Stork, um, they own the brand as much as I do. And for them, it is a reflection of their commitment to their family and to their ambition. So it, it's, it's um, it's a community. You know, the branding becomes like the hub of of our community. It's the it's the heart and soul of our company. And that is exactly what I always preach. <laughs> it's it's a, just yeah. that you said it really, really well and in a different way. But the heart and soul—that's what a brand is. Um, that's what it comes down to. But I love the idea that it's 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 fueled by love. Like that's when, you know, you have a brand when it, when it keeps giving back uh, at all times and you put something out and it keeps giving back. Um, Was there, was there a time, um, you know, early on where you, you know, you, you did surveys or you asked moms or you, you, you kind of like got early customer data and, you said, you know what, I'm going to do, I'm going to totally go against what I just heard. So, heard. Say, you know, if, if a stat would have said moms or employers are not willing to spend the $170 on shipping breast milk ever, like that's not going to happen. Or was there anything like that where you heard, you know, some, some resentment and, or, or, you know, you, you got some data and you're like, you know what, I, I, I hear you, but I'm going the totally opposite, opposite direction and you were successful doing so. Um. I, in the early days, I, you know, I got a lot of sideways looks when I was trying to find vendors or, you know, in, you know, getting corporate insurance. And they're like, what are you oh, I'm making a, a company that ships breast milk? Why would you want to ship breast milk? Um, so, you know, I didn't do a lot of I didn't do a lot. I did not do a lot of customer research because at that point I I really was the consumer myself. <laughs> I was a working mom who had to travel and I was trying to breastfeed my twins. And I was living and and breathing it with all of my friends who were also having kids and trying to maintain um, their commitment to their careers. So I wasn't lacking for data. I think it was all qualitative um, mm-hmm. coming from the, the people that I, that were in my work, my <laughs> circle. Um, but I can't tell you how many times uh, I got the look. Well, you know, when I'm, 
saying, oh, I'm going to start a breast milk shipping company and getting that look of like, what the, what the hell are right. you talking about? Right. Right. I, I mean, it still happens. Um, if I, you know, if I meet somebody and they're like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I started my own company. We ship breast milk. You just get that look of like, that's absurd. Um, I get it all the time. I still get it. Yeah. No, I, no, I'm, 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 I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, what is, um, you know, I, I think this is, this is directly linked to the brand conversation we had a minute ago. Um, and, and I, I think I might have an idea of what it could be. Um, and, and you, you know, this is coming up because I forewarned you. Um, but, um, I love that idea of, you know, when, when you create a brand, um, and for me personally, when I create brand strategies with, with my clients, um, to kind of at the end of a day to, 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 to really sit together and think about if there's only if there's only one word that we could use to, to describe our brand, or, or maybe two, right? Um, what would it be? It's kind of like, in a way, you know, people say the North Star, I call it brand DNA, but really it's like that singular word that would encompass everything, like the philosophy, the design, you know, the, what you call, you know, the heart and soul, the, the love of, of a brand. What would what would be that one word for milk stork? Mm, yeah, it's really um, <laughs> it's a made up word. It's <laughs> it's mom badassery. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how else. It's almost more of a feeling than it is a word. It, um, it, it, it is a lot like mom empowerment, but but just much more badass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I always say that like working breastfeeding moms are like star athletes, you know, they have they have uh, this incredible physical commitment <laughs> that they have made uh, this incredible kind of mental commitment that they've made. They have this just kind of deep well of grit. Um, I mean, if you think of how many times if you're breastfeeding five to eight times a day and doing it for a year, it's hmm. a huge um <laughs> venture of endurance. So I, I think they're, they're complete warriors. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, and it's, it's really, really great to see a company like yours, um, you know, uh, make it and, and make it so quickly and, and be, you know, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, you are at, at this point, it's not only moms who come with open, open arms. It's, you know, fast company named you one of the most innovative companies for last year. And, um, you know, the press as much as employers are running towards, uh, towards the brand with, with open arms. So yes, on the one hand, you hit, you hit the site guys perfectly you know with, 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 for, for a lot of reasons but even if you wouldn't have even if this would have happened 10 years um you know ago it it, it would have still taken off it would have just taken longer but i'm 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 really grateful for for what you're doing and even more so from a brand perspective how you do it you know i, th I think it's um it 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 takes it takes a lot, lot to understand, um, and, and with your rebranding, I'm sure a lot of that happened, to understand what the actual essence is of a brand like yours. Um, and uh, the mom bed assery is, is, is exactly that. Um, I, I heard you say this, and I'm not sure where, um, but, 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 but you said, and I'm, I'm solely paraphrasing, and you can correct me, um, when you become a mom, you figure out what you do on the go yet you're expected to be an expert on everything from the get-go that has to do with that child. 
And I yeah. think entrepreneurship is a lot like that. And I love that idea that, um, and everyone says, well, yeah, if you have a company, it's like, have, it's, you know, it's like your new baby. But, but really that, you know, how you actually explained that, 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 you know, and that is always the, the, the strange thing, becoming a parent. And it's like, suddenly you have to be the expert on every single thing about bringing up a kid and what a kid needs. And, and I mean, there, there are so many multifaceted elements to it. Um, and it is very much like entrepreneurship. Um, now that you went through this and you had to had to become an expert at everything, um, or you know, be be smart about it and outsource as much as you can, you know, the more you grow. Um, do you have? Do you have that? Right. I mean, that that's kind of like that's the that's the you know that that's the that's the toddler stage, right? At that point, yeah. you can actually all right. <laughs> now we have a real human being we can do something with, and we can outsource certain elements. It's very much of a startup. It's really hilarious to actually think about that 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 parallel, you know year after year um do you have one piece of brand advice uh for for founders perhaps even female founders you know as 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 a takeaway from you know everything that you've learned in the last years i mean there must be a massive amount but is there something where you just feel like you know what this is something that i learned and i would love to share that with uh with with people well one is kind of just a i think if you to to those who are um, setting forth to start something or have an idea for something. It sounds so incredibly silly, but uh, get your logo, get a logo that you like, get, make it so you can see it. So you can see this, this thing that you're going to create, you can hold it. And I, one of the first things we did was we made business cards. <laughs> it sounds, <laughs> but it, it sounds so silly, but it was such a, um, kind of like talisman almost <laughs> for, for making, for kind of holding that and, and holding the inspiration in my pocket, you know, kind of my, my, my secret side hustle that I was working on. So that's one thing. And then I think the other thing is that you just have to make your brand contagious. The branding has to be, you have to love it. Um, it has to move you. It has to make you feel really proud about what you're doing. And if it's not doing them, that, then I don't think it's hitting the mark. Um, it should be a reflection of your pride in your endeavor. I love everything you said, including the pun at the end with hitting the mark. So thank you for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, that is no, that is that is absolutely correct, and and you know, um, I, I I did hear you say somewhere else too that um, you advised you advised founders to first do what they really love. So meaning, yeah. you know, like you're gonna have like with a baby, right? There are forty thousand things you, you you can be doing, right? What what is the thing that you actually really enjoy? Um, you know, master that. So if you actually come from marketing and if you actually enjoy that, and I'm sure that's why you're so driven behind that idea. First, I came up with the name, then I created the logo, then I put it on a business card, and like all of this kind of like fueled you to keep going. Um, you know, some others might really enjoy the idea of, you know, solving operations, which I know for a company yeah. like yours must have been a huge thing, right? Um, yeah. But but everyone has their has their thing and whatever their thing is, to, just to not get sidetracked by all the other 20,000, you know, um, puzzle pieces that they need to put together, but just focus on it one thing you really enjoy and do it first for your company because it's going to fuel you to keep going. And I think that's, 
it's really wise and it's and it and it's really important and uh and, and i love that you said that um you know on, on on another show um listeners uh many of whom will not happen to be in the stage of breastfeeding uh you know at this point um or will ever get there but many many actually own their own businesses and i'm sure many fell in love with with what you do um what would you like for them to be doing right this minute to to support um or benefit from your venture I, I just think let's all, you know, let's all together work to normalize breastfeeding. Um, so if you see a woman breastfeeding in public, you know, uh, I think there's, there's so much um, imposed shame with the, with breastfeeding, unfortunately. Um, and I think we all have to kind of check ourselves on that. Um, so I just, I just, my hope is that, that there's an understanding of how, challenging that first year of parenthood is, especially for others. It's hard for dads too, for sure. And, and partners as well, but for moms in particular, um, you know, give that mom a high five because she is, if she's just had a baby and she's, she's in the trenches and she's doing an incredibly important job. So I just think cre give credit where credit is due. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. And go to milk stork. <laughs> make sure you know i think the other thing is, is yeah if you are still working in a company and they are not offering family-friendly benefits or they they are looking to you know this is a there every company should offer milk stork if they have traveling employees moms should never pay for milk stork when they're traveling for work never ever ever their company should Kate, thank you so much for having been on the show. Um, I, I think every listener and myself, we now know how busy <laughs> how busy your life is with um, <laughs> with numerous babies, including Milk Stork. Um, th <laughs> yeah, th thanks for having been on the show. I'm so lucky right now that I have had um, only female entrepreneurs and founders on the show for as long as I can think of. I think for the last like 10 or 15 episodes, it's 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 so great. But um, you know, we we appreciate we appreciate your time and your insights and. Um, I'm really excited to, uh, no pun intended, see Milk Stork take off um, even, <laughs> even more in the future. Thank you so much. It's been a complete joy to be on. Thank you. I appreciate it. What an inspiration Kate is. And she so beautifully described the nature and the power of branding. I will add her to my very long list of favorite guests. And a long list it really is at this point. Thank you for listening. Please do rate the show. You hear it every time. Please act upon it. It is so important to get a good rating from a lot of people for the show to be able to be found by more people. And please support via patreon.com slash hitting the mark so I can make this podcast 100% community enabled. And regardless where you are located, you get to hop in an hour-long group call with me once a month where I can give you entrepreneurial brand and creative advice worth much more than those $15.95 you'd spent to support this programming. We have a long way to go, and I hope that this is the year where you are going to chip in. The Hitting the Mark theme music was written and produced by Happiness One. I will see you next time when we once again will be hitting the mark. <laughs>